Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast is the Life today. It is a Saturday morning, episode 108, and holy shit, did we have an interesting week, or weekend to be exact, the double main event, we got Zack Snyder's Justice League, happening on Thursday, March 18th, and of course, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which dropped yesterday, the first episode, and I thought to myself, holy shit, there was just so much content to cover, and then I thought, alright, How exactly can I go about this? How can I, should I just talk about everything into one episode 30 minutes? Well, that's not good because I'm just cramming everything in. And I did say that me and the great Kev Michaels would actually go get together and actually talk about the Justice League possibly within an hour, maybe an hour and a half type of an episode. So I thought, you know what? Let me do a deep dive this Saturday, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then come Monday... Yes, come Monday, we will do an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how long it takes, me and Kev Michaels, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, full deep dive, because holy shit, do I have a lot to say about that. Four hours long, Jesus Christ. I thought to myself, alright, I keep on saying I thought to myself, (laughs) I thought, hey... I know a lot of people get pissed off over a movie being two and a half to three hours long, but this was a four hour featured film. I won't say featured, but it was a four-hour film on HBO Max. And dare I say, I know we're going to talk about it on Monday, but dare I say, it was so much better than the Justice League. Huh? Huh? See what I did there? Joss Sweden, Justice League, you know, pun. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier review will be today, and the Justice League, the Zack Snyder's Justice League cut will be on Monday. So, that is the immediate plan, and that is what we're going to stick to. All that plus our supervillain quote of the day, but first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shoutouts out of the way, shall we? And you know me, you know who I am, you know that I am a massive MMA fan, a massive UFC fan. So I want to give a big shoutout to Habib Nurmagomedov, the 155-pound champion, the lightweight champion, the Dagestanian Russian, the Russian Superman is what I like to call him. He has officially retired. Well, even though he retired like what, four or five months ago, but the president, the promoter, Dana White just kept on reeling him back. He just kept on trying to bring him back and be like, oh, come on, you're 29 and 0. You can go 30 and 0. It's all good. It's all good, baby. 30 and 0, you'll be all right. And Habib was like, no. This is number one bullshit. I do not want to fight. I, I don't want to fight. My Russian accent is terrible. How can how can I be a voice actor if I can't even do a Russian accent? What kind of a person am I? I apologize to all the Russians. But yeah, exactly how he said it. He goes, I want better competition. <laughs> I I want better competition. This is number one bullshit. I... I, I retire. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because I feel like I'm going to piss off a lot of Russians if they listen to this. 
But it's all good, man. It's all good. I just want to say real quick, Habib, thank you for the 29 fights. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for providing us with so much entertainment and most dominant fights. I really, really wished we had you against GSP, the ultimate super fight, or you against Tony Ferguson, the one that can truly determine who was the best lightweight in the UFC. But everything happens for a reason, whether it's good or bad, we have to accept it. We have to move on with it. So, Habib, right off into the sunset, 29-0. and 0, You are, in my eyes, the greatest of all time in MMA. And I don't think anyone can surpass you in your accomplishments. Your father would be proud. My condolences once again to your family about his passing. Now you can stick around with the UFC and be a coach. That's alright, that's great, whatever makes you happy. And I have to say kudos Kudos for sticking to your guns because no matter how much money the president kept on throwing at you to get you to come back, no matter how much they tried to dangle whatever it is that was in front of you, you did not waver, you did not budge, you did not move. And that is something to respect and admire completely. So once again, my biggest shout out is to Habib Nurmagomedov, the Russian Superman. No one will ever come to a candle like him again. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier deep dive of episode one. That comes up right in a bit. I just want to point out real quick that the villain that we saw where the Falcon was facing off in the airplane, that that uh, French-Canadian type of dude, yeah, that was GSP. That was George St. Pierre. If for any reason you saw the episode and you had no idea who the hell he was for whatever reason, that was George St. Pierre. In my eyes, the second best MMA fighter ever. And I became a huge fan of his ever since. You know what? Just a sidetrack real quick. We're going to get into the deep dive, but just a sidetrack real, real quick. I remember going with my best friend to UFC 167. They were actually promoting it, and they were showing the entire pay-per-view at New York City. This was back in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. And I watched the main event. It was UFC 167, GSP, George Rush St. Pierre against Johnny Hendricks. And for some odd reason during that time, I've always thought to myself, okay, I keep on saying that. Wow, this is probably one of my favorite sayings now. Ain't that something? I really wanted the title to change hands, and I actually thought that he lost at that time. And then I realized in terms of how much he has done in his career, and now he's transitioned into acting when he faced off against Captain America in the Winter Soldier movie, and now he's facing off against the Falcon, who's going to be a future Captain America within the show. I don't know. I just found it. I, I love when the things I love cross over and connect. In this case, it's MMA and comic book stuff and other stuff. So just wanted to throw that out there. Anyway, kind of rambled on that for too long, but eh, it's my show. It is what it is. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Where do we begin with this episode? 
It's been a couple of weeks since we finished WandaVision. It has been a couple of weeks since we were, in a way, starving for more Marvel content. And now it's at the point where the MCU is giving us each and everything, all the things that we love, but now in a type of a TV show type of scenario. And this one was around 49 minutes. Well, 44, 45 if you minus the credits and whatnot, but who's to say? And now that we finally have a show, and what's very interesting about this one is the fact that it's it reminds you how much you miss the Marvel movies when all the action and the adrenaline and everything else that, that it got it got your heart racing and got your heart pumping. It was all fan service. And I think that's what we needed, especially from WandaVision, who was which was not very action heavy up until like the last episode. But it focused a lot more, as we know, on the emotional tones and grief and sadness and depression. That was the type of show. That was the tone in which WandaVision has given us. This, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, is all action. All action with subtleties and real-life type scenarios. I'm not saying WandaVision wasn't real-life scenarios in terms of the emotional tones. But this one is more subtle because... From the very get-go, after the action, after Sam Wilson was flying around in the awesome fucking Falcon suit with the wings, and the Red Wing was helping him, and he was just doing the damn thing, it was to the point where these tones were so subtle that you can actually feel for these characters a lot more. And what do I mean by that? Well, there were a couple of things. For one thing, throughout the entire story of the MCU, from Iron Man all the way till now... We've never really experienced or known too much about who Sam Wilson was. What was his backstory? What was his family like? How or why did he go... Well, we kind of know why he went into the military, you know, to serve and protect people. But what was the extra motivation? What was his life like? What's his family like? Does he have kids? Does he have nieces, nephews? Well, this first episode actually establishes that. And the fact that this show is called this title for a reason, it establishes each character in their own variety and their own struggles. Because remember, this show takes place around six months right after the events of Avengers Endgame. So now, in a way, like anybody else, they're now facing the consequences of what the blip or the snap in our eyes in terms of what each person is actually going through. Five years, you have you have Sam Wilson's sister and his nephews and they're going through the fact that they're losing their shrimp boat. I believe it's a shrimp boat, right? And both of their names are on the are on the boat. She wants to sell it because it and again, it's something that we connect to because how often do we face each other through financial crisis and we have to give up something? We have to give up a house. We have to give up a car just to pay the bills because that's the immediate thing of what we need to do to survive. That's the immediate thing what we need to do to help ourselves. Where Sam Wilson is like, no, it's all about legacy. And that's one of the major themes of what this show presents. Legacy. But we're going to get to that in a moment. Sam Wilson is like, no, our parents died. This is this is what we can hold on to. We can do this. Like we can we can fight this. I'll I'll get the money. I'll do whatever I can. He doesn't want to give up on what his family stood for, or not not really what they stood for. He doesn't want to give up their family business in terms of the shrimp boat. He wants to keep it afloat. Yes, there is a pun there. Yes, that was the pun. 
And I feel really bad for Sam Wilson because here he is going away, fighting all these fights, joining the Avengers and fighting all these wars and giving up so much and giving up, you know, whatever he could do to serve his country, to serve his people, his men, you know, the the people that he fights with. And then he comes back and it's an emotional thing where soldiers have to go away and come back and realize, yeah, your family is still struggling. And that's a lot to take, especially when it comes to someone that can connect to this on a very personal and emotional level. Fast forward to Bucky Barnes. Bucky, you know, he's been pardoned, but he's still getting nightmares of his time being brainwashed as the Winter Soldier. He's still getting nightmares in terms of, you know, what he was doing, what he was like. And if you remember from Captain America Civil War... Iron Man asked him, do you even remember them? And he goes, I remember all of them. He remembers the people he killed. He remembers the the, the pain that he's caused to so many people for many, many years. That has to take an emotional toll on him. Because in a way, it was not his fault. He's been brainwashed. He's been programmed to do things that he could not control. And I believe it's one of the main reasons why he basically was helping the Chinese guy. I believe he's Chinese. Is he Chinese? I'm sure he's Chinese. Where he, you know, he looks after him or he helps him. He goes out to lunch with him. And he realizes that he, in a way, is responsible. Not in a way. He is responsible for that guy's son's death. And what's tormenting that old man is he knows his son died, but he doesn't know why. He doesn't know why his son died. And... Bucky realized it's because of him. And again, this goes back to what I said about Sam Wilson, where he goes away and he fights and then he comes back and it's like, now what? What is my purpose? What can I do? What can I do to better myself? What can I do to move forward? What can I do to move on with his life? And that's the emotional arc that Bucky has to go through where it's the fact that, again, he's been doing something for his entire life and now he's back home. And in a way, this relates to a lot of soldiers that I know that goes away for years or has been deployed or whatever, and then they come back and they they have to find their purpose. They have to find their purpose. They have to realize what it is that they can do moving forward in their lives. So this show definitely makes you feel more empathy towards these two main characters. Yeah, they're awesome with their, you know, ass kicking features and what they do and how they're funny and blah, blah, blah. But there's more to it than that because there's still real people. Characters in a show, but they're still real people. Now, earlier I said that one of the main themes is about legacy. And you saw how Sam Wilson basically gives up his shield into the museum, if I'm not mistaken. And he gives it up where he feels like he's not worthy in possessing Captain America's shield. In his mind, he wants new heroes to take upon the legacy, to take upon the mantle. But what he fails to understand is it's not about who can live up the legacy. It's about who can honor what Captain America stood for. You know, anyone can possess the shield, but it takes a strong man to realize what that shield truly represents. Hopefully I did not contradict myself. I feel like I just did contradict myself. But you kind of understand my point here. That shield needs Sam. The world needs Sam. The mantle was passed on from Captain America onto Sam Wilson. It is Sam Wilson's legacy 
that that no I'm sorry it's Captain America's legacy that Sam Wilson has to uphold here and he fails to realize that he's like oh um the world can be saved but it needs new heroes it needs it needs new people to take upon the mantle no Sam the world needs you it needs you Captain America gave you that shield for a reason my guy because he trusts in you. He knows that you can that you can take upon the mantle, that you can take upon the legacy, that you can do what that shield represents. You know? And then you saw at the end of the show where this random fucking guy who looks like a fucking doofus. I don't even I believe his name is from the comics. I believe his name is James Walker. James Walker, if I'm not mistaken. I have no idea who this fat... I was about to say fat guy. He's not fat. I have no idea who this fucking guy is. If you go on Wikipedia, maybe you can find, you know, different variations of this character. I could not even tell you. I can't even begin to realize who the fuck he is. But as soon as the camera panned up to him and basically showed who he is, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm going to quote... Conor McGregor here. Who the fuck is that guy? Oh my god. He he looks like a straight up fucking doofus. And then Sam realizes he's like. Fuck. What did I just do? What did I just do? Overall. Like as I said. this, This show. This episode is about legacy. But what does legacy mean to you? Does it mean that. You have to honor someone else's legacy by continuing it through your own way. Or in a way, does it mean that you have to like pass it on to someone else to see if they have what it takes to honor that legacy? And in a way, it's kind of an oxymoron for Sam Wilson because he wants to honor his family's legacy by continuing the business. But he can't really honor Captain America's legacy since he gave the shield away. So that's something very interesting to explore. But we've seen in the sh- in the promos, we've seen in the trailers where Captain America does give the shield. Well, he trains with the shield. And then I thought to myself, again, that saying <laughs> I feel like I should edit that out. Now I'm going I'm going to keep that in. Did he give a fake shield away? Did he give a fake shield away or is it that moment where you know, he can he can actually train with the shield or he can probably take it from this... I'm going to call him the imposter. I know he has a name in the comics. I'm going to call him the imposter. He's a fucking imposter. Can he take the shield away from this imposter? I mean, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows at this point? I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. But I'm very interested to see where the relationship between Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes is going to play into. You saw a lot of the trailers where they like to butt heads. And it's definitely an ego thing for men. Where we like to compete against each other. And we like to prove, alright, whose balls are really, really bigger. I mean, come on. You know, you're my inferior or I'm your superior or whatever. But in the show, in the episode, it dictates that Sam has been trying to reach out to him numerous times. And Bucky keeps on, you know, ghosting his calls. And again... It's up to Bucky to really move on with his life and really try to live a, a life of normalcy. I like how, how he has three rules where he's like, okay, don't do anything illegal, nobody gets hurt, and establish who you are. And I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, okay, well, you get two out of those three things. 
<laughs> Overall, I really like the show. I like the hidden messages in terms of legacy and what it really means to you or what it really means to the person that possesses it or the person that, that keeps the mantle. What do you do with that legacy? How do you honor the remembrance of the person that has you know, given up and fought so much to uphold it? I like the subtle hints in terms of what are you willing to sacrifice that just because you are a famous person, that doesn't mean that you're going to get a loan. That, that was weird where he's like, huh, he's an Avenger and yet they can't help him out with this. But, you know, most banks, they don't give a shit about us. They really, really don't. Let's be honest. All they care about, they're a business. All they care about is money. That's all they fucking care about. It's fucking sad to say the least. But overall... I really like the show. I like the first episode. It's very interesting that this episode or this show so far has like 93 or 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I said it over and over that you can't really dictate on what Rotten Tomatoes does. But a lot of people do. And it's only been one episode. If you're going to give a Rotten Tomato score, you might as well wait until the entire show finishes or the entire series finish as a whole. But what the fuck do I know? What do I know? I'm just a fan. I'm just a spectator. That's all I am. Can't wait for the second episode on Friday. You know, like with WandaVision, I'm just going to do a deep dive on every episode as it comes. And I know there's going to be some, you know, some changes. I know there's going to be, you know, some hiccups here and there, some pros and cons like anything else. But we'll see. We will see how it goes. And that is my deep dive for this episode of the podcast. I know we have a few minutes before we go into our ending, but I think there was some news the other day that Kevin Feige has denied Chris Evans' involvement in coming back as Captain America for the MCU. This is one of the main reasons why I don't like to address rumors from time to time or when a lot of rumors actually get out of hand. But then again, at the same time, there were multiple, multiple sources that actually confirmed this. IGN being one of them, comicbook.com is another, and Variety, and all these other credible sources. Like, these are legit credible sources that saying that Chris Evans would be returning as Captain America. And I said... Maybe not in the forms that we know, maybe in a flashback episode or maybe in a alternate universe type of a show or movie or episode. That's what I originally thought. But Kevin Feige said, mm, no, 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 he's not. Then again, it is Kevin Feige. It is the MCU president. So how much can you really bank on his words? How much can you really hold his words to merit and promise in terms of, what someone says something and what someone does something. You know what I mean? It's like one of those moments where you... When someone says something so exciting and so spectacular... That you kind of question it because it's too good to be true. And it's the same effect if it's the other way around... Where something is not going to happen... And then it ends up happening like a few months later. Basically, my question to you is this. Do you think he's lying or do you think he's telling the truth? Let me know. You can let me know what you what you think in the comments below. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. As a matter of fact, keep subscribing. Keep following. Tell your friends. Tell your battle buddies. Tell your family. Tell your fish, your pets. 
that this podcast is rolling up and it keeps on rolling until the wheels fall off, which I hope is never, if that makes any fucking sense. To help me out, continue to hit that follow button on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, and hit me up everywhere on Stitcher and Podbean, whatever the case may be. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, hit me up, Voice of Garcia, on Twitter or Instagram, or you can hit me up on my new website, voiceofgarcia.com. I'm gonna think I'm I think I'm gonna add a little bit of a little email the podcast type of a thing. Cause I know several other podcasts that do that as well. I'm thinking about adding that to the website as well. And if you have any ideas in terms of how I can better at my website, let me know. I would love to hear what you think. Tune in Monday where we will talk the Justice League Snyderverse, the Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. It'll be an hour to an hour and a half podcast. It will be me and Kev Michaels as we will do a deep dive in terms of why this movie was better than the theatrical cut and holy shit, was it way better. Now, before we end this night off, or this day off, it's actually during the day, let's go into our supervillain quote of the day, and I feel like I should give this one none other to Helmet Zemo himself, or Zemo to be the exact. I have experience and patience. A man can do anything if he has those. And my reaction to that is this. Yes. You can pretty much do anything as long as you have experience and patience because you've been through it all and you know what to do. You know what plans to take. However, planning is one thing. Doing it is another. And you can't have one without the other. Shit needs to get done. So take it with a grain of salt. Take it as advice or take it however you see fit. Just do the damn thing. Experience is one thing. Patience is another. But, like the good old Rachel Ghoul said, training is nothing. Will is everything. The will to act. Thank you so much, guys. Once again, tune on Monday night for the one to one and a half hour of a podcast. Me and Kev Michaels will be returning. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Always remember, in the world of comic book, movies, shows, games, whatever the case may be, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm done, I'm through. Peace out.